We survived our ship chasing extravaganza on Wednesday. We survived Thursday. Spags, we are here to cram a lot of content into this show. Yeah, much like we were cramming food into our gullets yesterday, today we're going to do every bit that we normally do on Thursday and Friday on this show. And that means, yes, the low probability crystal ball. That means a low ball against you guys, the viewer chat. It also means ride or die picks for every game as well as news catch up. And oh yeah, we are going to talk about my sweet boy, Josh Reynolds, right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I actually got even on the day on DFS because I hit a six to one uh, or a pick them that paid six X on uh, underdog <laughs> that I had just strung together. Uh, so that saved my day from a, a money standpoint, but it, it was good. Food was good. Drank a lot. Had two espresso martinis last night. I, it, it was good. Espresso martinis at night is a bold move because I feel like those can keep you up all night. Yeah, it was more heavy on the alcohol than the uh, the espresso. So I was I was able to f I fell asleep before the end of the Saints Buffalo game. There was nothing uh, keeping me from from conking out there. Yeah. So uh, in, in the chat already, D Gold saying, "Old ladies, we just turn off the stream now. Have no fear. We will get to that. We'll, we'll see if if Nana Pete occurs as a character today. I don't know. It's all about the motivation in the moment. But one thing you can do to make sure you get the most out of Splash Play is to hit that like button right now. Of course, whether you're watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, please hit that like button if you can. Helps us out a bunch. Helps us get seen by more people and get our confidence up, which we need today. As one of the only people doing shows on a Friday, that's what we're doing for you guys. So help us out and hit that like button. And of course, make sure go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe where they're giving you 99 cents a week for a package on there. You hear DVOA quoted a lot out there, different sources. But you can get it all in your life for defense versus receiver stats, offensive DVOA, defensive DVOA, all the stuff you need to know to build better lineups based on the most advanced football analytic data out there. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe now and check out those packages on there. Actually, one question I have for you, Pete, we are buying, we're buying like fucking crazier. I will tell you, not, not flex or anything. I spent a good four grand on stuff this morning with Black Friday, quote unquote deals, which honestly the deals aren't that strong. Did you buy anything unique for yourself at all in this fine Black Friday? No, I, I haven't bought anything yet. I was going to maybe start sifting through my email and looking at the deals. I feel like I'm in the mode where like I just redid a bunch of my uh, computer setup and like got monitored and I'm just so impulsive that I'm like, I just buy things when I need them. And then by the time there's deals, I'm like, oh yeah, I bought that two weeks ago, you know, <laughs> for, for way more money. So no, no, no deal shopping for me yet. Yeah, I normally would be the same way, except with the new house, like uh, my girlfriend, Alex, was like, yeah, like, let's wait until Black Friday. And then we did. And then all the things like on um, Ashley Furniture, we we're going to buy a couch. And I love my Ashley Furniture couches. Eight to 12 weeks is the delivery time window for a couch from Ashley Furniture right now, which, Pete, I don't know if you know, you know, how hard it is life without a couch. Yours is always in the background, a reassuring presence for me whenever I'm watching one of your streams. But uh, couch delivery because of COVID is so fucking brutal right now. And we had to go Wayfair just because it was like, I want a couch sooner than later. And eight to 12 weeks is not prime couch delivery time. 
Yeah, I continue to hear kind of horror stories for uh, supply chain stuff. I forget what it was. Refrigerators, I heard, are basically impossible to get on time right now. So, uh, yeah, I do not envy you uh, trying to get all your stuff uh, and and buy new things for your house uh, during a time like this. Yeah, we got some shovels on the way. I got uh, one of the the pulley weight systems going for, got that for a grand. So I feel pretty good about that. The home gym coming along, put in my foam padding today. So finally going to be a human being here and I will be absolutely shredded by the time we get to playoff time. That's, that's the that's, coolest. Yeah, that's the goal. There you go. Yeah, I, I do feel like, I don't know if you had this on the, uh, the show sheet, which I definitely checked, but uh, we should probably <laughs> recap a little bit from uh, Wednesday night because people are asking about Daigle, uh, all this stuff. Stuff. So, I mean, we have lots of stuff to recap between Wednesday and Thursday, but people are uh, interested. Yeah. So I mentioned on the Deposit Kingdom Discord, which of course is Peach Channel here, you can find down in the YouTube description. So go join on there. Lots of people talking about NFTs, talking about DFS, talking about underdog plays, talking about everything that's in the Pete Overs that extended universe, cinematic universe that Pete brings here. Uh, but the ship chasing show, we do this every Thanksgiving. I feel like we've done it the last two Thanksgivings. So every, every, every is what I'll say. We've done it the last two years, Pete. And I have to say, for me, I mentioned it in your Deposit Kingdom. One of the most fun shows that we've done, especially given the fact that we literally did a four-hour stream with me, you, Pat Corain, uh, Gretch was also on there, of course, Eric Bime for, then we had cameos later on the show from a very junk John, uh, very drunk John Daigle from NBC Sports Edge, and also Lord Reeves over from Sharp Football Analysis joining the show. So a lot of fun, Pete, but definitely some fallout. Yeah, uh, let's just say... Um... The stream remains up on YouTube, but the audio is not posted. It was kind of one of those streams. Uh, also, there was the funniest thing. So Dago was absolutely hammered. Um, he texted me yesterday morning. was like, I didn't even realize you called me. And I told him I was checking in on him. And he said he's alive somehow. I, he It sounded like he was truly blacked out. Like he doesn't, he barely even remembers coming on the stream in the first place. So that's where he was at. Um, yes, very fun stream. It is a, a very fun tradition. Uh, I was laughing early on in the show when people were, you know, expecting our typical kind of like waiver stuff. Uh, and I was just like, have no expectations for this show. And uh, it was, it was a fun time. We had some good bits going. Yeah, for some reason, you have an extended drive back from the family. I would listen to it. Just, you know, I would suggest just downloading that one on YouTube or wherever. <laughs> wherever you can grab it for yourself because Pete was too afraid to post the audio. I guess. Not but, me. Uh, you know, some some people, you know. Oh, we just Some people named Gretch, I guess, feel like we're they just <laughs> limiting the footprint of that episode. Fair enough. Well, it's worth checking out, I would say. But the biggest takeaway on the episode, Pete, was for literally four hours of a show, one man was on there touting Josh Reynolds, talking about <sighs> how Josh Reynolds asked for release just for the privilege of playing alongside Jared Goff and Pete what happened within one drive of the game on Thanksgiving so perfect timing for me he could have done nothing else the rest of the game thankfully put up a few more yards but Josh Reynolds 55 yards two catches and a touchdown on one drive and I have to say like I'm you know I know we make jokes around here like oh look Spags loves to loves to fluff himself up and all that <laughs> I've never dug my heels in that much for that long of a show and just been shit on to shit from the chat shit from I think everybody's side Pay, uh, PayPal My Money DFS is one of our regulars was saying Josh Reynolds is a really just really making him feel bad as a human being if you watch that show and he came through and I would say looked fantastic.
I we were just getting in the car uh to drive to my in-laws and I my I get start getting these notifications and I pull up the Discord chat I have with the ship chasing guys and I just see fucking spags, spags, fucking spags. And I go and then I see the DraftKings notification notification come in that Josh Reynolds scored a TD and uh I was tilting. I was tilting extremely hard. I knew what was happening. I knew Twitter. I knew the show. I knew you were going to become insufferable. And so take your victory lap. Hopefully you saw the thumbnail. Uh, I have you on Great there thumbnail. just, you know, patting Josh Reynolds on the back. Um, you know, the thesis of the play wasn't, wasn't bad. I think people probably had a hard time detaching, you know, whether you were making a real take versus just doubling and tripling down on your Amon Ross St. Brown bet from earlier. Well, that's one of those things too, where on over the course of that show, like it ended up being a fun callback joke, fun bit to do, which as we like to do on this show, we bring it to other pieces of content as well. Pete and I care very much about trying to reward the long-term viewership of things. But it's funny because it's one of those plays where like if Josh Reynolds were complete shit, nobody's going to be like, oh, Spags, you idiot. Josh Reynolds was shit because it's Josh Reynolds. He got under 100 yards on the year. But when Josh Reynolds is great, you're like, cool. Like I had it on both ends where I could be like, it was just fun meme content. Then it ends up being a great play. And it's like, Though it did not win the Millionaire Maker. That's important to note. He did not make it into that lineup. So that kind of hurt me. But still fantastic play. And one of those things, Pete, where we always try to do in this show, we could do bits. And then also we're giving great advice. And if we get one of those things right, we look fantastic. Yeah, no, you realize, I mean, that is the the greatest tout trick is you make asymmetric bets. And no one is actually better than this tout trick than season-long uh, fantasy touts mm. in that you just tout like half the player pool and then you start victory. Like you'll see the tweets in like week six and be like, imagine not taking Jonathan Taylor in every single draft. <laughs> it's like, all right, buddy. Uh, so yes, you, you, uh, you forget the bad takes and then you uh, prop up the good ones. And also shout out to the chat as well. We really appreciate all you guys hanging out with us, whether you're just in a food coma at home or whatever you're doing does mean a lot. So uh, good news for you guys. We're going to reward you. We're going to do another low ball for the chat today. We're not going to have anybody on here. It's going to be you guys collectively, the wisdom of the crowds competing us in low ball. So hang out with us and we will uh, do a little more of that. Any other takeaways for you with Thanksgiving, Pete? I feel like the David Montgomery chalk busting, not great. DeAndre Swift getting hurt. I feel like was one that really hurt my lineups where I had the Josh Reynolds in there, had some nice plays. Him and Darren Waller both. Both, honestly, they were core parts of what I was trying to do. Both guys get injured, don't finish the game. Hard to really feel too too great about that or too bad about that. But Swift being out, you have been a Swifty as long as anybody I know out there. And unfortunately for him, a shoulder injury feels like one of those things that could end up knocking his value down for, for maybe a week or two. Yeah, they uh they did say today that he's just day to day, which is which is good no news. When it happened, he like didn't move, and I was like, oh, his shoulder's dislocated, and he was going to be out for for weeks. So, uh, it sounds like it is less severe than that. But yeah, all the running backs yesterday were pretty disappointing. Um, no one really had a great game. Josh Jacobs was fine. It was really kind of the Raiders passing game. Uh, that looked really good. All of those wide receivers, uh, Renfro, Jackson, Zay Jones, even, uh, all were having, uh, pretty solid days. I was tilting a DFS, uh, swap where I was kind of debating some late swap options. And I had DJX in there at one point and I was like, nah, this feels too thin. Uh, and of course he gets the, uh, the monster touchdown, but yeah, I mean, I was writing up the kind of the recap in the newsletter this morning and there were just not a lot of great, you know, fantasy performances. I mean, Dawson Knox scored twice, so that's always nice from tight end. But, you know, no CeeDee Lamb, no Kamara. Waller leaves the game injured. Swift leaves the game injured. It was kind of a, a weekday as far as, you know, stud fantasy performances. 
Yeah, Cedric Wilson coming through at 3,500. There were enough places to save money on there. If you did have Deshaun, if you had Cedric Wilson, if you somehow Josh Reynolds, you could have probably just paid 10K flat for your receivers and actually made out pretty well on the day. But uh, that's sort of how Thanksgiving slates can go sometimes, especially when the chalk running backs bust. So uh, don't feel too bad if you lost yesterday. I, despite my Josh Reynolds uh, love, ended up losing because of the injuries to Waller and Swift. I had so much Waller and Swift fucking killed me. But that's the nature of the game on there. Um, anything else noteworthy for Thanksgiving? You, you talked about enough there. I feel like, Pete, that you might have summed it up pretty well. But the Cowboys, I feel like I just got to point out, really disappointing to watch that one. We were transitioning back from my uh, girlfriend's parents' house. They're out of town. We were just staying there because our furniture doesn't come till Sunday. So we were finally getting the rest on a couch and cook in a kitchen with actual things to cook with. All those things delightful. But the Cowboys really found a way to ruin that one, forcing overtime as we were in the car. Then in the car, I get to watch them do that, that fucking terrible dance at the end with the field goal, offsides, offsides. Like, it was a terrible situation, but that's kind of the Cowboys on a nutshell for me. So that's really the one takeaway I have that we did not discuss. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have uh, too many other takeaways uh, from that stuff. I do think it's interesting, you know, from a fantasy perspective, the fact that Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. There were some rumblings about that. We even mentioned it on the ship chasing show on, on Wednesday night. So uh, the fact that they were ready to go to Brita and Brita looks pretty solid. So, um, I'm guessing that Brita will still be floating around on some waiver wires come next week. And um, he looks pretty interesting to me if Zach Moss has just fully fallen out of favor with the team. Yeah, healthy scratch yesterday for Zach Moss. So I mean, honestly, if you can, if you have him in a league, probably not worth having on a roster right now as Matt Brita uh, does a little bit more, it seems. And honestly, might be a little bit ahead of Devin Singletary, depending on the, the game and the situation. But week 12 news that actually matters. Some interesting ones I saw before the show, actually on NBC Sports Edge, I uh, was just kind of, funneling through there to catch up on the news that I hadn't seen yet. And Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard, both unlikely to play versus the Eagles. Shepard had gotten back into practice. Tony, I didn't even know any, any injuries going on, but those guys being out, Pete could be kind of interesting against Neil team. That's really been running the ball down people's throats. As we talked about with Jalen hurts are uh, running almost 20 times a game recently, like definitely can be uh, a spot here where you could see the giants coming from behind and maybe having to throw a lot more. Does this change anything for you with having both these guys out, maybe opening some target share for a guy like Kenny Galladay, who really hasn't any breakout days. Yeah, it could set up really well for Galladay. Uh, Saquon was limited yesterday with the ankle as well. So yeah, that target tree uh, there could uh, condense. But man, we just haven't seen any kind of consistency from the Giants passing game to get like super excited about any of these guys. I'm trying to see how much is Kenny Galladay in DFS this week. Uh, he's 5,100. So yeah, if those guys are out, he'll probably project pretty well at that price. Yeah, I think that's an interesting little game script. On the other side, also Jordan Howard going to be out. We did see Miles Sanders return. So maybe Jordan Howard's usefulness kind of goes down a little bit further. And I guess there's now a pathway, Pete, for Kenneth Gainwell to get back in the mix after he for somehow just ended up being a non-factor completely in this time that Sanders has been out. Uh, do you care about the running back situation for Philadelphia or is it mostly Jalen Hurts takes so much off the table? I don't even know that it matters that much. Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, if the thesis is, all right, we don't have Howard and Gainwell, uh, the team just doesn't trust him right now enough to make him a healthy scratch a couple of these weeks. Like if it were to condense just around Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, I think that could be interesting. We've seen plenty of backfields this year where if it's just two running backs, like the Broncos are an example, both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams continue to put up good stat lines. I could see that being a little interesting, but if Gainwell's active, which I assume he will be without Howard and they're kind of in a three-way timeshare, it's pretty hard to get excited about the Eagles backfield. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, another interesting injury item where initially this guy was thought to be out one to two weeks. Looks like he might be getting back in this weekend and a potentially high-scoring spot against the Rams. Uh, Aaron Jones, practicing in limited fashion, which after last week, A.J. Dillon, we talked about this on the Ship Chasing Thanksgiving show on Wednesday. A.J. Dillon's price tag somehow went down after that week. But if Aaron Jones is back in, does make a little more sense. And and Pete, the question I think I'd have for you, are you willing to play Aaron Jones if he somehow makes it in, given that his price tag's come down too. He's just 6K flat against a Rams team that uh, does defensively have a rep, but still has given up some pretty big games on the air. Yeah, I think um, I think Aaron Jones would be interesting. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's wild to me that he would come back. I just don't know why they would force him back just with how well AJ Dillon is playing. I do kind of from a slate perspective, I think it would, you know, really help things out just because AJ Dillon is going to be so popular. I mean, the fact that his price came down to 5,900, um, is pretty wild. Um, and he was going to be extremely chalky. So from that perspective, I'd like to see Aaron Jones back and yeah, you'd probably get a huge kind of ownership discount on Aaron Jones coming back. And that's going to be a really fun game, uh, for fantasy there with the Rams could definitely see that having uh, some shootout potential. And then other injuries out there, Kareem Hunt, I saw expected back, but that's Sunday nighter. So we'll talk about that and give a ride or die pick for it, but uh, less machinations for the main slate. Uh, Does that matter too much for you, Kareem Hunt being back in after basically like a month on the sidelines? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably better overall for the entire team uh, than it is necessarily for fantasy. Although I feel like, I mean, this is a little anecdotal. I want to say I've seen some splits on this of, you know, both Chubb and Hunt seem to perform a little better uh, as far as their kind of spike week potential when the other one is playing. So it's just always hard to guess which one that would be. And I would also say this offense is a little more broken than it has been uh, in previous times right now as they kind of just transition through um, all of the, you know, these quarterback changes, losing their Odell, all of this stuff. So yeah, I'm excited about having Hunt back. I'm definitely going to start him in all my season long spots where I have him. One other interesting one, Cordero Patterson listed as questionable. It also looks like uh, Kadri Allison is not going to play this week, which is one news alert that just came out a little bit ago. Um, Falcons backfield has been one where Patterson certainly has been really good, but we all saw Allison start to seize some shares away from my my precious boy, Mike Davis, who I, I have no hope for at this point. But is there a world, Pete, where I guess the Falcons backfield, if Patterson ends up out, I guess if Patterson ends up in, is he a viable play to you? If he ends up out, are you willing to play Mike Davis or even Wayne Gallman? Well, it's funny because uh, I was just kind of updating my DFS stuff a little bit ago, and this was before kind of the Patterson and Allison news, but Allison, um, ETR's projections initially had uh, Patterson out and Allison in, and he was popping up in every optimal because he was $4,000 and was way too cheap if he was going to be the starting running back there, and it's a nice matchup. Uh, against the Jags. So yeah, I think Patterson will definitely uh, be in play. It sounds like he's truly, uh, or not truly, but listed as questionable right now. And uh, if he goes, yeah, uh, I think it'll be a a good spot for him. And I think that's the main news I'm seeing, Pete. Was there anything else that you might've written up for the Fantasy Life newsletter or that you caught? I guess Elijah Mitchell's one that's kind of hanging out there and him being back would be potentially a big one. Yeah, I mean, the other one that I think is kind of interesting is A.J. Brown's now missed uh, three straight days of practice. Um, He has generally gotten in that one, you know, limited practice at the end of the week to when it signals he's going to go. So that could be one to monitor there. Uh, I think there's a decent chance A.J. Brown 
uh, doesn't play, which would be something worth monitoring. And man, that is going to be a bad spot for them versus New England if they don't have AJ Brown. I mean, they're just completely devoid of playmakers without him, you know, especially now that Josh Reynolds is on the Lions. Also, this is totally apropos of nothing, but I know you saw it, Pete, on Twitter because I saw your reply. Uh, Cal Spears, the founder of Roto Grinders, winning a same game parlay with, I think, plus 28,000 odds on it on FanDuel after he just cashed out, too, with, uh, you know, we don't talk a lot about the business machinations things. Better Collective is one of the biggest betting companies out there, a company that uh, very briefly hired me. I, I knew <laughs> this was coming. Uh, but but I, I still have no ill will to it, and especially to Cal. Cal is a great guy and has been somebody that was part of the reason I got that opportunity in the first place, and um, really a wonderful human being who deserves some of the stuff that's going his way. Uh, but just a gigantic win, and I just think it's funny, like, has there ever been anybody in the industry, I guess, you know, maybe say in Osmo or, you know, some of the other guys that I work with there, you know, Rinpak, also another killer, but those guys, like, you know, they win a lot, they also are, you know, spending a lot, which is kind of the, how the DFS thing goes. But Cal making the site, also being just a tremendous gambler, he might be running the best out of anybody I've ever seen in this industry. Yeah. And just to let people know, so he won, you know, $280,000 on this uh, same day parlay. He bet a thousand dollars on a mm -hmm. parlay that, you know, I think if you looked at the implied odds of it, I mean, it'd been what, like sub 1% chance of mm -hmm. happening. Um, and so just to let, to let you know what kind of bankroll you have to have to be able to make a thousand dollar Hail Mary parlay, uh, Cal Spears, uh, does very well for himself. And, uh, yeah. And he also had a follow-up post today. I think he did, donated $50,000 to some local Nashville charities, uh, with his winnings. So yeah, Cal is, uh, an absolute, uh, legend. Yeah, I just saw somebody else's parlay pop up, and I'm like, oh, that's a great parlay. It's not the best parlay I've seen within the last 24 hours. And I just got to give a shout-out to Cal. Definitely a guy worth following on, on Twitter and just in general. I'm curious to see what he does now that he's uh, making his exit out of Roto Grinders. But just very – honestly, he could do fucking nothing. He could just gamble and hang out now. He's got more than enough money that – Pete, we've talked about this. Like, what's the amount for you, like, where you would just stop doing content, stop doing anything besides, you know, gambling for fun? No, I would because I legitimate. I know it sounds like a silly, like, sure. Would I stop, you know, adding ads to my YouTube and uploading, you know, like all that? But I would, I would still be wanting to make content. I'd still want to come on here and shit post. I'd probably just pay so many people to do all the grunt work for me. But to answer your question, I would not stop doing content. This would be what would be super fun for me. I'd build an incredible studio. I'd like fly around to, different sporting events and just like with a film crew and be like, Hey, let's go do bits at the Super Bowl. Let's go do like, I don't know. I'd still have fun uh, doing that kind of stuff. I agree. I think to me, I think we view it the same way where the more money I make, the more it's like, cool, I would do stuff for myself. I, you know, I'm fortunate to be at a company that does uh, help us put on this show and gives us some money to do those things. And I think that's great. But doing it for yourself is definitely the fun part when you are uh, somebody like Peter or me who enjoys doing this thing. But I've got to give a shout out to Cal and I hope he does something interesting. And, and Pete, I feel like uh, let's put out the the, sh the shout right now. If Cal wants to pay us to do Pete and Spag stuff forever now that he's just rolling in it, I feel like, you know, might, might not be the worst idea. Yeah, like I said, he is uh, reaching out to charities right now. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> we're basically what I think. I'm a, I'm a person in need in the Pennsylvania area right now. <laughs> yeah. Can we get this guy a couch, Cal? <laughs> um, let's do. All right. What do we want to do now? Do we want to do the low probability crystal ball? Do you feel emotionally ready to, to put on your finest wares and get to it? I, I say we we string, you know, Deagle, you know, coming on with a pretty big threat here. And now I feel like uh, we make him wait. Um, I, I, I say we I say we build up to that a little bit here. All right. So then, well, the options are low ball, low probability crystal ball or ride or die picks. So I feel let's like let's go. Let's go uh, low ball followed by 
uh, crystal ball followed by we'll finish with ride or die. Okay, so let's do it that way. So it's low ball time. So if you are in chat right now, you are in a very fortunate situation because you're going to get to compete against Pete and myself this week in low ball. And you're going to have to get together as a community, uh, fight amongst yourselves for the picks. But uh, Pete, explain to people here what we are doing. If they're new to the show, if they check the ship chasing show and they're like, let's see what these two idiots are doing in a different setting. Tell them what we're doing every week with low ball. Yeah, so we are going to do a snake draft of trying to build the worst possible lineup on DraftKings. And to ensure that you make it in good faith, you do have to use uh, up to uh, all of your salary saved for $500. So you can uh, be uh, underneath 49900 or 500 sorry. Uh, but otherwise, you need to use up all your salary cap and if your player does not register a snap of the game or is a healthy, you know, scratch, like say the AJ Brown pick, if you pick him and he doesn't play, that's an automatic 20 points in your lineup. So we are trying to chase the lowest possible score. And then obviously with the snake draft element, once a player has been taken, he is not available to any of the other contestants. So there you go. So those are the rules there. And we'll give the chat, I think we can give the chat the turn, right? So that way they have a little bit of time to get accustomed to what we're doing. And, and it probably helps us out too. get some better picks up top. I think that seems like a win-win for everybody. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Right, so. So I have, so I did all my snap count updating here because I'm, I'm being more diligent about that because I've been getting better results by just averaging my projections alongside a couple other sources out there. So I'll take the first pick if you want, Pete, or you could have the first pick. I think either way, I'm going to get my guy. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll let, we'll let, should we let the, I guess let's just think of where we want the chat to pick. Do we want the chat to have back-to-back -back picks? What's easiest? I, I think that's fair because that way we could sort of meet them out a little more. Like yeah. Them back -to -back. All right. So you go first, I'll go second and they'll pick on the turn. All right. So this one honestly might be a little risky because this guy apparently played one snap neck last week, but I do think at the price tag, his price tag has not come down enough. And I know our, our boy, Brian, of course, the, the low ball and mortgage King of, of the Florida area, Chuba Hubbard at running back should not be five K at this point. He's getting less snaps than Amir Abdullah. And I think the risk here is that he just doesn't play at all, but I think he'll play enough to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Hubbard, it's bet one thing that's funny about doing this is we've now there's some players that are are reoccurring uh in this as being good plays. And uh I think Hubbard has definitely become uh one of those those poster boys for us. So I will um I'm going to do uh a very high risk uh high upside pick and now that we don't have Taysom Hill on the main slate I am going to go with Trey Lance who registered a few snaps uh last week um and he rushed three times for four yards against the Jags so I'm going to bank on the fact that he'll get in the game a little bit here and uh and give me a very nice score at quarterback all right, so chat, one name already floated by Greg R. Jonathan Taylor, a, a pick that did wow. not work out for Pete last week. But uh, going against the Tampa Bay run defense, they, they have not been as good or as, as historically dominant as they've been the last few seasons. They are actually giving up a 1% uh, DVOA boost according to Football Outsiders. But I, I think let's see if anybody else funnels in here. But chat, give us, I've uh, got Zach Wilson, Tannehill, Booker, Jeff Wilson. Pete, a lot of options here, not universal agreement here. Greg R. still pushing that Jonathan Taylor narrative. Um, yeah, I'm going to just try to work toward a concessions. I've seen two Jeff Wilsons mm -hmm. right now, which I think is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Once we see, um, some kind of consensus there. Uh, I think that's a smart, smart decision with Eli Mitchell. Okay. We have three Jeff Wilsons. You guys have locked in Jeff Wilson. 
Okay. And they get the um, turn as well. Yeah, they get the turn. I've seen Ooh, two or Booker's three Devonta Bookers and a yeah. Jonathan Taylor. Um, all right, let's narrow it down for the chat. You now need to vote on Jonathan Taylor or Devonta Booker. And I do agree. Someone mentioned Mike Evans. He didn't practice today. Probably don't want to take that risk, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you guys now condense around Jonathan Taylor and Booker. I see yeah, and if the chat missed it earlier, if you pick somebody that doesn't play, uh, you do get 20 points. So that's why Mike Evans, we would prefer to steer you guys away. Uh, it does seem like more bookers coming in. Honestly, like close it's to split. a split though. Yeah. Um, Booker, JT, Booker, JT, Booker, Booker, Taylor. I, it's, I, it's I think Booker given what we right saw now. happen last week to you with Taylor, I think we're doing the chat a favor to give him Booker just to not give him the volatility. Um, okay, Booker is pulling ahead now. So you guys are going to get Booker. Yeah. Um, all right. All right, there you go. So, yep, the, the chat will have to spend up um elsewhere. Um I am going to I am going to eat up salary. I think he is way too expensive. This this is kind of similar to the JT play and I honestly think it's a better play than the JT play. Um I'm going to do Najee Harris at 8200. Well, I thought you were going to go Cooper Cup and I was like I, I don't know what the fuck you're like. <laughs> Cooper Cup is that weird thing where it's like he's too expensive for you know your regular lineups but still just could totally bury you uh mm -hmm. in low ball so i don't know um all right it's back to you now Spag. oh yeah and i got two in a row here so hmm. see aj brown being so questionable freaks me out because i haven't projected poorly but i also um and that's been a play that has worked out decently for me in low ball enough times but i don't think i can go there um I actually love Austin Eckler this week. I'll go Devontae Adams. I'm going to hope that Aaron Jones comes back in. I have, I, I don't love it. Honestly, that, that's, I was, a, that's an awful pick. Is it, is it, you think it's an awful one? I'm hoping that he gets, you know, Jalen Ramsey shows up here, does some shutdown stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a very popular DFS play at 8,600. He is going to be a very popular DFS play. Look, I just, I haven't projected a little bit worse. And I think that's that this is going to be the Justin Jefferson where he puts up 40 for me, but that's fine. Um, I honestly was really locked in on Devonta Booker and these guys, they <laughs> these guys got their two best. Um, on the turn, I will take, okay. Who looks bad? Who looks bad? <laughs> Man, this is, this is tough. I'm going to go another running back here. And this one's also going to come with some risk, but I'm going to take Dalvin cook. I don't love the price tag this week. And I, the star thing has not worked out for me, but again, Devonta Booker being off really threw off. I'm like you last week, Pete, where I did some prep here. I kind of came in with a mindset and a strategy and now I'm already thrown off of it. And I'm taking two of the best players in the NFC North. You know, I, I went the other way. It was after my poor showing last week when I did do research that I was like, screw it. I'm going back to flying by the seat of my pants here. Um, I am going to do a defense because I think there's two really good options and I am going to do the Buccaneers defense here at 3,700. Um, this game has a 53 point over under um, the Buccaneers on the road. Indianapolis hasn't been, you know, super turnover prone. They kind of, you know, control stuff on the ground there. Um, so I'm going to go Buccaneers and chew up some defensive salary. Okay. That seems like a smart move. So we are back to the chat for their two picks. Uh, Devonta Smith, Goblor is saying, or, or go blower. I don't know which, I, that's the tough part about chat names. I want to get the pronunciations right. And I don't know which way that's going, but that was a play I was thinking about. T Higgins also saying, um, Odell. And Ooh. This is another one of those spots where I will admit a, a name or two that I'm interested in for one of my picks has been floated. And I feel like it's hard for me to, 
I, I feel like on this one, you need to to make the selections for the chat because I'm I'm probably going to take a player who's been named. Uh, it does seem like a lot of Tannehill, and it doesn't. I know that's not going to be one that you picked. That's a risky one for them, but I've I've seen enough Tannehill votes now through both uh, times the chat's been making a pick, so I think we got to put Tannehill in. Yeah, and they they need a, a quarterback. Um, Tannehill on the road at New England at 6100 without AJ Brown seems like one of the better options this week. We're getting seeing a lot of T. Higgins, multiple people. Frankie, our guy, of course, representing the Pasta House Company, also saying Higgins. Marie <laughs> saying uh, Higgins. I think it's T. Higgins for them. Okay, T. Higgins. Yeah. Um, Higgins is a funny one because, like, when you look at his projection, he looks, you know, fine, like as a points per dollar. But people are just so scarred from how bad <laughs> he's been as a chalk play. Um, I am going to. I'm going to do uh, a guy I saw mentioned in the chat um, that I wanted for my team is Kyle Pitts. Mm. Um, I think at 6,100 here, obviously this has, you know, blow up potential, um, but that Falcons offense has been so bad, um, especially on the road outdoors. Uh, teams have been kind of honing in on Kyle Pitts too. So I will, I'll go high priced volatile rookie tight end here at a, at a variant position. Oh boy, if 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 Cordero doesn't make it into that game, Pitts might go for 200 yards. <laughs> I mean, his box score would indicate he uh has only done that once this year. So I'm, know, I'm gonna you, I'm gonna which roll is the, the week dice. That I said he was gonna go for 200 yards. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, so it's, it's a sure thing to happen. Lock in Kyle Pitts in your real lineups, not your low ball ones. Um, all right, I will go. I wish I just wish AJ Brown would play. You know, I'm going to take a guy that chat wanted pretty bad. I'm sorry. I got to do it for myself because this is a guy who I think just grades out too poorly. And I think they could run the, run the, really the clock out in this game. Devonta Smith to me, 6,400. I don't love the yeah. price tag. Yeah. Him and Pitts were the two I was, uh, I was considering, uh, there as well. He's just 6,400 is pretty rich for him. Yep. And I'm also, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to leverage against my own play, but also I think this game is going to be high scoring and I'm hoping it's just doesn't go Devonta Adams way. I'm going to take the Rams D 3,300 here. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, if Adams does go off, then it'll hurt my defense. And hopefully Aaron Rodgers and his, his COVID toe don't, <laughs> don't throw a bunch of picks away to the Rams. Yeah, that one looks looks solid. Uh, there's another defensive play. Maybe the chat will grab it that I think looks pretty good. Um, is it the Colts? Are you thinking the Colts? Yeah. Thanks for spoiling yeah. it. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking the Colts too. I, I was going to say Colts and I was like, you know what? Rams though. Cause at least that way I'm, I'm, I'm negatively correlating. So I'm trying to do better low ball lineups. That's the goal, Pete. Oh, the goal is to do better at the game. Yeah. That we're playing? <laughs> bit by bit, instead of just throwing in all the stars as I did once again this week. Um, I'm going to do another rookie who I think is a little too pricey. So Elijah Moore has been on fire, um, these past few weeks, but now you have, uh, uh, what's his name? Zach Wilson at quarterback. So I think there could be, you know, a little bit of uh wrinkle there, but at 5,600, I think that's just a little bit rich um, for me there. So I'm going to try Elijah Moore here and, and chew up some salary, but could definitely backfire. All right, there we go. So the chat will get two in a row here. And yeah, Elijah Moore, I feel like that's, that's one of those plays where if he goes down completely, like you pretty much have to blame Zach Wilson for why he's been so shitty. Yeah. Um, all right, we got to get the chat on a consensus here. We will try to uh, shepherd you guys in the correct direction. Dallas Goddard, I see. I see a Thielen. I see a Jamar Chase. Uh, I see a second for a Thielen. We have a Melvin Gordon. Uh, Devonta Smith is gone. 
Yeah, I took Devonta Smith already, Gobbler. So that is, yes. and uh, yeah, Thielen. Maybe yeah, I I'm does seeing, say Thielen. I've seen three Healens now. Healens, Thielens. Let's do <laughs> Thielen for them because okay. they have requested that. That's fair. Yeah, and, a lot of Thielen. Okay, Thielen's in, guys. You guys locked him in. I do see a Colts D, which both Spags and I agreed was uh, probably the best defensive pick. Um, there's still the Melvin Gordon. There's still the Jamar Chase. There's still the Higby. So let's try to concentrate around one of those. All right, Ryan Pack, breaking news. A.J. Brown is out. Ooh, is out. Okay, so good thing. There, there's Rinpag. I like the Rinpags watching the show. One of the top DFS players in the world watching us build incredibly shitty lineups. <laughs> Oh, he's watching you build a good lineups, facts. Uh, <laughs> I am a GPP lineup master in the low ball. Colts D, another vote for them. I think we go Colts D. Okay, yeah, I, I think Colts D. I was debating hard between Bucks and Colts, but decided to uh, to spend up there. Yep. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay, so the chat now has 6K left over four positions, so they're going to have to spend a little bit of money here. Um, I'm 5,300 across mine. I am going to... I'm going to end up needing to get one more high-priced option here. Um, but but I think I am going to do... You know what we're going to... No, nah, that's too scary. That's mm -hmm. really scary. I'm going to do one of my other kind of favorite, somewhat cheap ones, similar to like the Wilson play, and it's kind of directly correlated with my Buccaneers D. I'm going to play Ronald Jones at 4,800. You know, on the road, if the Bucks D isn't doing well, it's very unlikely Ronald Jones uh, is playing a lot unless the team's up, you know, 10 plus points. So I'm going to choose some salary there with Ronald Jones. See, you reminded me of a guy that I was thinking about too, and now I'm not sure which way I should go. Because uh, Gio Bernard, I don't know if you saw this, Pete, but like his snaps are going down and Keyshawn Vaughn's are going up and he's still priced like he's been um, going to have that touchdown upside. Uh but I, I feel like there's probably better plays. I'm, you know, and I'm still gonna do. It. I'm gonna do Gio Bernard in my flex. Yikes, Pete! You you know the goal of this is to build the worst possible lineup. <laughs> dude, dude, is this Patrick Corain's burner right here? Yikes! <laughs> Ronald Jones and Lobo. Sorry, who did you pick, Fax? I got Gio Bernard, so I'm leveraging off of your play. <laughs> yes, of course you are. <laughs> and oh, Lou is saying Kittle, and I actually do think he's a guy that's popping up to me as not being great. Uh, Brandon Ag running a lot of snaps doesn't help either. I'm going to take George Kittle, and I'm going to have a tough time at wide receiver, I guess, but I could take a shitty QB. Yeah, you know what? I'll take Kittle. Um, yeah, you are... Yeah, you're in an interesting spot here. Who are you going to do at quarterback? I'm going to I'm going to take a minimum salary receiver and hope that they're bad and I will take whoever is left at QB. Hey god, I want to see do you even have enough salary to make a lineup? I don't think you are. I think I will. No, you're going to if you do a minimum salary receiver, um you're going to have 3000 which means you're going to have 4300 left for quarterback. No, if I take a oh, uh, well then I could take <laughs> Hold on. Then you, I can did, you didn't leave yourself enough salary. No, I didn't. So I guess, you know, let me walk back the Kittle pick then. <laughs> I, the didn't we say there's a penalty for that? We talked about that last time. No, I don't think we did. I don't think that was formalized. <laughs> I don't think that was. All right, here's all I'll do. At tight end, I'm going to take Ryan Griffin. Does that all, so now I'll be I'll be sure to save myself enough money. Well, Spags here. loves building good lineups so much that he went over the salary cap, yeah. tried to build the worst possible lineup. 
Yes, we did. Look, I make I make mistakes in low ball, Pete. I don't make mistakes in and three uh, K receivers, but I do make that. Trey Lance is in my lineup. Iceman, he was one of the best possible picks on the board. Get out of here. He was. He was. All right, whatever. I got Ryan Griffin instead. So if the chat wants Kittle, they can take Kittle instead. Pete, it's your turn though. So did you? You took two picks, right? Griffin and Bernard. Yep. yep. Okay. Um. Yes, I remember this. It was Spags who came up with the 20-point penalty. I don't today. recall that. I think it's been yeah. a busy few weeks, guys. There's been a lot going on. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, more, that was more if you couldn't complete it. I, I stopped. You stopped me before I we stopped even, you. I was saying you but were. It, but if you had made your pick instead, if you hadn't pointed that out, then yes, I would have to take a 20-point penalty. Instead, you were very helpful, and you were like, Spags, this seems like a bad idea. And I was like, cool, I'll pull the card back then. George Kittle, go back. Go back into the wild, George. So you're saying that it's not a penalty because I saved you from getting a penalty. Correct. Wow. Because of your wow. friendship. Also, I can't pick George Kittle just like you couldn't pick Patrick Laird because George Kittle follows me on Twitter and I feel like no, he's disrespectful. No, get out of here. I just want you to know there will forever be an asterisk. Uh, next <laughs> for, for a game that I'm not going to win anyway, that we have nothing at stake for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Let's see here. Um I am going to need. Yeah, you can't do Mike Evans with him looking legitimately mm-hmm. questionable. I think that is too risky. Um, all right, I am going to do. Hmm. I'm going to do Cortland Sutton. Um, his targets have just been way down since Jerry Judy uh, returned to the lineup. This game's a little scary because I think it's a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, we'll do Cortland Sutton here at 5,400. I mean, I think that's a reasonable one, certainly. Uh, running a lot of snaps, Cortland Sutton is. And he just got paid, so maybe he'll just be resting on the laurels of that one. Yep. All right, we are to the chat now. They have two picks back-to-back. Let's see uh, some suggestions start flying. I see uh, Chester Rogers, but you guys are going to need to use some salary, okay? You have three spots here, an average of 6,000. So you're you're going to need to spend, guys. Um, yeah, so let's see what they're see doing. See a Kittle. I think that's a good one. Uh, Gobbler suggesting uh, Fournette. Uh, Higby again. I'm just telling the chat to be careful with, like, I'm just, I'll just show you guys. If you go Higby, you need to spend an average of 7,000 for your remaining two. So just think mm-hmm. that through. Look, I, mean, I think, you know, George Kittle's a great play for the chat, I think, if they want to go that way. Cordell yeah. Patterson, not a great play because he could put up 20 if he doesn't end up going for, oh, wow, a unicorn, a unical. I see. Kit, I've seen a couple Kittle and. I think Waddle. it's Kittle. I think they need to. They need Kittle to save the salary or to you know to eat the salary. Yeah, we're gonna put Kittle in, and now, uh, and now you guys can vote on. I Jeffers- think I, yeah, Waddle's not a bad one. They could go Higby too. If they go Higby, then no, if they go Higby. They're gonna have a lot of money at receiver left. I mean, I'll I'll get you. I just don't think you guys realize what you're heading down to. I mean, I'll put I can put Gasicki in for you guys. You guys have to spend some money. You, you, well, you I think need, what, you need a player that's over you know seven thousand if you're going in this direction. They I think they could go. How about Kittle? Yeah, Rushy is pushing Kittle and Waddle. Uh, Ter- Terrell Davis saying Higby. I think there's been enough Higby. What if they go Kittle and Higby? If they go Kittle and Higby. Then they they have seventy five hundred for their for their last spot, and it will have to be a wide receiver because you would have used yeah. uh, double tight end. I I think they can. Oh, somebody saying cup. Michael McDowell saying cup. I don't know if you want to go there, my friend. Yeah, 
Um, the only thing about the double tight end is it really then puts them in a tighter jam at wide receiver. Yeah, they're they're basically taking one GPP guy. I, I'm seeing a lot him. of Jefferson. I we need to to get this on the board. I'm taking Kittle out. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Chase. I I personally think Chase is a bad play. I think Chase looks like a really good play at 7,300. I'm just trying to. I'm seeing yeah. Gesicki mix in Jefferson. It's tough. This is the tough I've seen part, a lot really. of Jefferson. I'm going to give him Jefferson. Okay. If we go Jefferson, you can get your Higby play in, and then that would get mean you guys could uh, spend anywhere over 5,100 for your final pick. Yeah. Which gives you reasonable. a lot of options. Yeah. That's very right. kind of you to give them that that out. <laughs> you're just being generous to all of us today, Pete. I feel like that's that's the Friendsgiving that vibes that you're bringing to the show today. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. The the chat is in uh, turmoil. You guys need to uh, to get on the same page here. <laughs> All right, Pete. You got two picks left, but you only get to make one here. Who will it be? Yeah, this is a tough spot because I'm going to have to do one. I need one more kind of expensive play. Um, I'm averaging 56, so I'd ideally be in like the 62, 6300 range. I am. Hmm. I think I will just go with this strategy of I continue to make bets against uh, the Bucks defense and running game here. And so we'll go with the Rojo, Fournette, and Buccaneers D, which is honestly pretty scary in a game with a 53-point over-under, but I'm going to just trust the thesis. Nope, I think that makes sense. Certainly going to be... I mean, you're going to get some production out of these two guys, but probably not enough uh, overall for their both of them averaging out. Um, I'm going to go, honestly, and this is a little bit of a spite pick, but it's also, there's a really low total for this team this week in Miami, 19.8 implied points. Uh, Tua fucking killed me last week, and I won't be making that mistake again this week, and I will punish him by putting in my low ball lineup. Wow. Wow. You just always have it out for Tua. I did. Oh, well, I played him, like, I played him so much last week, and I'm just, I'm legitimately mad at him, if I'm being, <laughs> being completely honest. Um, all right. So now yeah. you have to spend 5,100 for your last pick. Yep. I will take, okay, this, oh man, this is a risky one. How risky is it? I'm, th I'm between for, so for my thought right here, I'm between Russell Gage and just the assumption that Brandon Ayuk is going to come back down to earth because I think that's certainly something that happens. Wait, how much, how much is, oh, I wish LaVisco were a little more expensive. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um for my last pick i will take yeah i'll take russell gage i just i think it's a i think yeah. it's a kyle pitts day and i'm still even 500 on the table so i think russell gage is the move i honestly think this is one of your better low ball teams um, i've won low ball before pete i've won a week or i think just one week i think i was gonna say a week or two i think it literally i won one week but we haven't been doing it all year um, okay. So now I have 4,100. I need to spend or 4,000. You know, you can take feet. <laughs> Who? LaVisca Chenault is $4,400 and also trash. No, Jamal Agnew is not playing. He's going to go absolutely crazy. Oh, I think, you know, who actually ran more snaps than Visca last week. Who? Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> That's how good Visca is. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do Olamide here. Okay, that's a smart move. You're leveraging off my Russell Gage with Olamide. All right, chat. You guys are in the exact same spot that Spags was. You need to spend 5100 or more. All right, so let's see what they're doing. They're saying Boyd or Ayuk. I do think Ayuk was was interesting to me, just that he's going to come back down to earth and Debo will be will be better. All right, chat. You need to start. Uh, it, does, it can be a flex, so you actually do have more options 
than we had here. So that also includes who else enters the mix for you there? Like Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm seeing I'm Gordon, Mel- don't take I, Melvin Gordon unless you want to lose chat. That's what I'd I'm say. I'm seeing Tyler Boyd. Uh, everyone condense around one of those options. Boyd or Galladay, I think is kind of the front runner right now. I'd say Miles Sanders should be in the mix for them too. Honestly, Galladay, Ayuk. They're going to take Galladay with the Giants receivers out. They shouldn't. They should they not. Should. They should not. Marvin Jones is also in play. I think that's a good suggestion. All right, you guys want Galladay? If they want to take Galladay, look, I look. I walk into the buzzsaw every week doing this segment. So if they want to, they do want that it. Too. The people want it. Yeah, they, I see three Galladays there. You guys get Galladay. Four Galladays now. There's a lot of Galladays accumulating here. All right, you guys did this to yourself. No, they're they're asking for it. They're asking for it. <laughs> all right, so there's okay. The chat. And uh, I, I presume I didn't see Willis at all today, so we'll have to just make Willis do this, I guess. <laughs> um, I am going to send Willis the uh, a screenshot of this to enter. <laughs> it's Mookie asking, "Do we all get to come on the show when we win?" Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a fucking Hollywood Squares show where there's just thirty people lining up. <laughs> all right, uh, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good job, chat. I feel like you know they built a, a coherent lineup. I think. Uh, the last time we played the chat, we did, in fact, beat the chat. We both did. But I think this time, I, I think they might beat me. Look at this. Hmm? Look at this. All right. Um, okay, Spags, you got your you submitted your lineup yourself, right? Yep. Yeah. So you just send me the invite and I'll, I'll get that in. But okay. Pete, I think you know what time it is. Okay, let me get my... It is, in fact, time once again for us to embrace our inner mystic qualities or perhaps our inner old lady qualities, depending upon the mood that Pete is in, for it is time for a little low probability crystal ball. I knew he would not be, oh, they, ooh, the light's coming down, too. So a romantic day here for the low probability crystal ball. Spags, did you call your grandma yesterday and wish her a happy Thanksgiving? Not going to lie to you, Pete. Oh, I can't do it. I'm not doing all that. I'm not going to lie to you, Pete. I did, in fact, not call anyone because it was a very lazy day for us and one where I, my head wasn't in a family vibe. Exchange some text messages as a mystic person may. I've always said your generation is so selfish and self-centered. Don't forget where you came from, little Spagsy. That, that is, the, my crystal ball tells me it is, in fact, multiple generations of vaginas are where I came from, and you're correct that I probably please, should. Please don't say those foul language around me. It defends my sensibilities. I also, I also forgot for myself to, to put the, the shawl over one of my eyes so I look mysterious and sexy, which is one of the vibes that I like to do as my, as my gypsy character. Whatever gets your rocks off, Spags, is fine. It is 2021, I suppose, as this society rots and is riddled with filth and smut and stuff that generally makes me sad for civilization. If you look, if you look closely at my crystal ball, because of the ring light and the way it's reflecting, it looks like I actually have a magical crystal ball that has some sort of core inside of it, filled with genius. 
whatever you need to help you predict things. And by the way, congratulations on Josh Reynolds, one of your finest rabbits you pulled out of your asshole that I've ever seen. I thought this was a no profanity, Nana Pete. Instead, I'm now pulling things from my asshole. But you must have grown up with a Josh Reynolds, perhaps played some hopscotch. Oh, Josh Reynolds, we used to play pin the tail on the donkey in the barn together. Josh Reynolds, he would Was it a literal donkey in the barn? (laughs) Back then, a lot of people now just think of it as a birthday party game. But in my day, we literally cut off tails from donkeys and pinned them on other donkeys. Some donkeys would have two tails, some would have none. The math always checked out. <laughs> that math doesn't, uh, Crystal Ball tells me that math does in fact check out, Nana Pete. However, I have to ask you, since you are a favorite character here of the chat, people confuse Abrasuve saying, LMAO, what did I tune into? I just turned this on, what, says Chris G. Uh, Nana Pete, the floor is yours because the chat simply cannot get enough. The chat is so used to watching these streams with bros in their hats on backwards and getting drunk and saying problematic things. Uh, Well, this is what a woman looks like on one of your precious fantasy football streams, you piece of shit, uncultured chat rats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are we supposed to be doing here, Spags? I'm just upset at the culture. (laughs) Kyle Davis pointing out the viewers are dropping. That's the risk you run (laughs) when doing bits like this. Perhaps a better welcome to the family day. Hard to say, but we're going to look at our crystal ball, Pete, and I will give you, it seems like you don't want to take the first pick, so I'll take it off your hands. Kyle Pitts was the first low probability play that worked out for everyone out there. They all made their millions and now they'll make their millions once more, Nana Pete, because Kyle Pitts, 175 yards receiving, two touchdowns this weekend. He goes full, Randy Moss, according to my crystal ball. Other views really dropping because I'll show some skin if I need to. Apparently that's what brings the views in these days. Is this what you'd like to see? A little bit of my my gobbler on my throat? (laughs) Is that, what <laughs> Is that what you call your saggy old lady bosom, your goblins? Oh, there was there was a term we used to use back on the schoolyard back in the day. Cover up your gobbler. You're acting indecent right now. <laughs> those those goblins of yours hitting the ground at this point. Well, hey, please, please. Maybe someday your gobblers will fall out of your pants when you hit puberty. Okay. It does happen as you get older, they say, Nana Pete, but tell us, what's your low probability play? Okay, my low probability play here, and this is a boy that uh, I went to school with in third grade back on the plains of Illinois. Uh, His name was one Mr. Jamar Chase, and he used to chase me around the yard. That boy was fresh. I'll tell you what, Spags, always trying to lift up my skirt and see what gobblers I've Potentially add underneath. 
<laughs> but Javon Chase, I think he's a refined boy now. <laughs> I think he's turned the corner, and I know he's uh, exceeded touchdown expectation for a spell, but now some could say he's disappointed, and that's why when I look into the future, I see a nice young man who scores two touchdowns. I think that's a reasonable take. Sorry to hear Jamar Chase was so aggressive on the playground, especially when it comes to your gobblers, which are the most important. It was a different time. Please don't rush to cancel 1934 Jamar Chase. Times were different then. Some things were more permissible than others. And I would prefer not to discuss it. It is hard for me to recall such memories. Well, my crystal ball is taking me to the world of sports betting once more, where the crystal ball, every week it seems there's one DFS play, one bet for some reason. It seems the crystal ball has an affinity, but I will say my crystal ball tells me the Tennessee Titans, a team that people are sleeping on, but they are a top seed in the AFC right now, and they are a seven-point dog heading into New England. You think Mac Jones is going to be out dueling the great Ryan Tannehill? Incorrect, my friends. I will say Tennessee wins this one outright in a real low-probability style play. Oh, yes, I love that pick, especially right after their top playmaker was just ruled out for the week. Yes, surely Nick Westbrook, a keen, a boy I went to church with back in the day, will lead the Titans to victory against a team that is more balanced defensively on the offensive line, special team, virtually everywhere. It's almost like records are meaningless and not reflective of the current state of a team. Well done, Spag. Well done. I, it's so rude of you to be this mean to the Tennessee Titans when you lost your virginity to a young Chester Rogers after a, a rollicking day at the after-school special. It's okay. We all have our off days. It just seems like you have more off days than the average prognosticator, Spags. <laughs> I think that's completely unfair. I'm on such a heater. The thumbnail would prove otherwise, that Pete. But I guess with your cataract-ridden eyes, you can't see the future quite like I. I have a low probability pick for you, Spags. One actually rooted in science and it's truth and something God would love to see happen. Unlike is the low probability that somebody would like to jiggle those gobblers around? <laughs> I told you I was trying to move past that. I mean, if you actually saw my gobblers, you certainly would not be blaming Jamar for trying to take a little look-see at them. What do your gobblers tell you for your second and final <laughs> probability play? Final pick? Why? Just because we went from 55 viewers down to 52 in the past minute? I don't care about anything but telling the truth. And the truth is that Michael Williams, a boy who I once used to lay in the field at night and look at the stars, he would put his finger up there and trace the Big Dipper, the constellations, and we would kiss each other. It was my first kiss with Michael Williams. He was a nice boy. His tender lips. He sometimes try to slip the tongue a little too far for my taste, but like all the boys, he wanted a little taste of my jiggler. But anyways, I think... <laughs> so you got your gobblers and you've got your jiggler. <laughs> also, 
these vaguely sound like racial terms from the 1920s? Please, <laughs> please don't shame me for being a sex-positive <laughs> nana in 1934 who liked to roll around in the hay while looking at the stars with a Michael Williams. Speaking of stars, Michael Williams will be a star this week. Oh, is that, is that all? Is that the probability play? Oh, do you want specific numbers? Your generation wants everything spoon-fed to you. Isn't a nice story about a young couple in love looking at the stars enough for you? We see a comet. A comet goes by. It's beautiful. Based on your age, that comet might have hit the Earth and <laughs> resulted in the extinction of all your friends and family. A lot changes now, and people have telescopes, and they use crutches to look at the stars, the planetariums. But me, with the naked eye and Michael Williams, we saw many beautiful things, unidentified flying objects, Russian satellites. Russian satellites? Even in 1934, they were out there. Stay woke, Spag. <laughs> so, okay, so your prediction is that there were Russian satellites in the 30s that Mike Williams would be a fan of. <laughs> Don't ask me why I see what I see. I simply peer into the future and then back to the past to make informed decisions. <laughs> Greg R. saying that Spags is going to use the low probability crystal ball segments to fill the lulls void this week. Nana Pete, was there any naked yoga in your history with any? Oh, no. I have to be careful what I look like around Spags. Mr. Old Dry Hands over here will take a screenshot of my looks and pleasure himself in that empty house of his. That's true. That got, the finer the gobbler is, the more intrigued I am, as I've always said. And when you mix in a jiggler or two, oh boy. <laughs> it's a new segment. Is it a Thanksgiving dish or a piece of my body? <laughs> And that no, Abra Suve saying, I want to be a crystal ball reader when I grow up, Nana Pizza. You at least extend, at least somebody's <laughs> getting joy out of this. <laughs> I don't know who this is for anymore, but it is very hard to stop talking like this once you've started. <laughs> is it time for an answer? I don't know. You tell me. And scene, okay. <laughs> Um, we were doing well with the views. Everybody was tuning in going like, man, great, great show with the ship chasing fellas. Can't wait to check this out. They fucking come over here. They hear about gobblers and jigglers. <laughs> gobblers and jigglers and peckers. Oh, my. <laughs> right. Well, now that we've gotten to low probability plays out of the way, time to do our ride or die picks for week 12, where we will identify some of the plays that we think are going to be good. And then we're negotiate each other to death over it. And we're going to be squeezing the jigglers left and right to get, <laughs> to get the point totals we need. Uh, but Pete, tell the people what they can look out for with our one, three and 10 pointers. Yes, there are one. Um, okay. <laughs> um, do I really? I just assume now that we alienated everyone who is new to the show and then everyone still watching knows what this is. But yes, we are going to go through the game. We don't have a guest this week. That's normally a, a new angle. So I would expect Spags and I to be, you know, particularly uh, feisty and nasty to each other in this negotiation. We will be making picks across the spectrum, sports bets, DFS plays, fantasy points per game, all of that good stuff. And depending on how aggressive your pick is, you get one, three, or nine points. 
Some picks might feel more like a five or six. We do not have those. We will negotiate our way to a three or 10 in those situations. Like you said, one, three or nine. Like we just fucking change the rules to the game. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> the nine pointers are really where they get you. I'm just like, what's the record on the air? I just wanted just to frame it a little better. Um, <laughs> uh, the answer to your question, Abre Suve, is uh, I ordered one on actually, no, I had done a crystal ball uh bit video a few years ago for Roto Grinder, so I went in my basement and uh found the crystal ball. Spags, did you have a snow globe laying around? No, this was in fact my girlfriend's wish jar, so she's like these little uh, pieces of paper you can see in here are in fact wishes that she's written down at some point and jammed in here. And I'm sure one of them was to wish for uh, being in a serious relationship and have the baby of a person who talks about gobblers and jigglers <laughs> with his pal in the basement. <laughs> uh, overall record so far, Pete, it looks like you're up 33 points on me so far this year. Week to week, though, I've won one, two, three... Not to, the week to week stuff. This was, I mean, you tried to do this last year. The week to week doesn't matter. No, but it it's does. All, and it, well, the week to week doesn't matter. You're up six, five week to week. It does matter. <laughs> it does. The week to week is what matters to me because that's like the battle. That's like your fantasy football record. But either way, let's get into the first game on the Sunday slate here. And that is going to be one with Tennessee, 18.3 implied points, New England, 25.3 implied points. The low probability crystal ball already said my pick, Pete. I'm going to ask you, is it a 10 pointer? Tennessee wins this outright. No, it's not a 10 pointer. It's a three pointer. We uh, we have this conversation every week for a 10-point money line. To... They need to be like 14-point favorites or less. So if you want to do uh, Tennessee wins by seven or more, I'll give you 10 points. Six and a half. 6.75. That's not Okay. <laughs> I'll take six points. No, I'll, what is the line right now? Minus seven. Yeah, the line is minus seven, yeah. All right. So then six and a half, 13 and a half. Yeah, they have to win by 14. Yep. Okay. So, or, or 6.75. Exactly. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> All right, Pete, what do you want? Okay. I will say, hmm, three, uh, Jacoby Meyer scores another touchdown. Is that, uh, what is that? That's a three. That's a three. Okay. I'll take the three. All right. Honestly, it might be a one, but I'll give you a three. It's um, not a one. That means there's a 50% chance he scores a touchdown. Well, what's his prop? Is it Zach Pascal levels? That's the question. I mean, I don't really feel like Google. Also, I feel like we have to read some nice chats given that we just beat ourselves up. Kyle Davis saying favorite show all week, and it's most of it, most of it is how to not make a successful lineup, which I think that's really what we've gone for here is what we enjoy touting. I like giving picks. I like giving the theory behind plays. But Pete, we've talked about it to have a successful show where we just give bad information. That's really the goal of every tout. Yeah, it's kind of really the galaxy brain play to fantasy analysis is what if you give analysis so bad, it's good? <laughs> yeah, and just do it with stupid characters. And <laughs> Although, Pete, my stuff coming Sunday, the welcome to the family bit, I'll have my hat back and my ties. I'll fully be. Oh, I also, I have an Amazon package with a welcome to the family hat. So not only do we have our intro, but I am now finally getting all costumed up. Yeah, tune in Monday. We'll be lasting with meatballs in left and right. Me and old Princess Pete will be doing a, a bit that I think tends to be a little better received than what's <laughs> Look at this reputation. Now people are coming to you with the Josh Reynolds play of the slate. This should be a new segment. Spags is Josh Reynolds play of the slate. It's kind of like Tuttle's terrible take on the swole cast. A play so bad it might just work. So it's got to, would it have to be like a minimum salary guy? 
just figure this out on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go to the workshop. We'll come back. It was mean. The New York Jets getting 21 implied points. The Houston Texans getting 23.5 implied points. And this one, uh, edjsports.com does have it being a 41-point line as opposed to the 44.5-point line. And that's 100,000 simulations saying that it might be a good bet to take the under. Uh, but Pete, you can go first. What's your ride-or-die pick? I would like to submit to the committee a proposal for a 10-point pick. Okay. The committee's ready to listen. Rex Burkhead outscores starting quarterback Zach Wilson. Mm, Can he also outscore starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor? How about this? Not, um, hmm. So you're saying the highest scoring quarterback of those two he has to outscore? I'm just saying he has to outscore both of them, yeah. Hmm. Fine, I'll take it. Okay, but that's a 10-pointer to me then. See, and, um, Gobbler says my initial one should have been a 10. Well, he's he's just excited to get his name into the mix. That way it stay beats in old lady cities in the 30s. No, I want to go back to this. I want to adjust this. So <laughs> We already I, agreed. We shook. We, I reached my hand over. We no, shook hands. Rex Burkhead outscores Zach Wilson by two points. Two and a half. And I get, two. And so you're just going to say the same number? We're not going to? Yes. Okay. Uh, two and a half. Two. <laughs> 2.35. Deal. Okay, fine. That's It shouldn't be a 10 point. I'm, I'm fucking getting worked already. I hate it. Yeah, no, uh, the chat is clearly on my side on this one. You're off your rocker. It's a 10-pointer. Burkhead um, has done nothing, and you're making me give points on top of Zach Wilson? Burkhead has a higher, actually, no, he has the same touchdown share overall as David Johnson, but he's got a higher rushing touchdown share than David Johnson. All right, it's settled. I'll let you have one. <laughs> okay. I will take for my end. Michael Carter's out, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so he's out. Um, mm-hmm. So then who, how about, how about Ty Johnson outscores both Texans running backs? That would be uh, a one-pointer. But Tevin Coleman outscores both Texans running backs. That would be a three-pointer. What about... Oh, I hate it all. Um, all right, we're going back. We This is... The chat has overruled. The outscored period is a 10. I'm not giving you the two and a half points. Rex Burkhead outscores Zach Wilson is a 10-pointer. The chat has spoken. The chat with you fucking shit on the chat five minutes ago, going like, these idiots don't know comedy. I'm talking, I'm doing an old that was bit. That was <laughs> Nana. I mean, Nana <laughs> says awful things. She's done a lot in her. I, I love the chat. So uh, thank you, chat, for, for talking some sense into spags. That's, Willis, uh, I don't... <laughs> let the record show. Burkhead outscoring Zach Wilson is a 10. This is this is going to be a gross analogy, Pete. But this is like Chairman Mao going out to the no. fucking to the town square and being no. like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this?" They're on your YouTube channel. No Bad shit. analogy. Bad analogy. Well, fucking Chairman so Pete what, Mao. What what bet what bet did you take? <laughs> to be clear, I went with a, a, a with Mao instead of a more popular Expect, dictator. Just stop. <laughs> okay, I will take. Uh, <sighs> Spags is not the king of soft 10-pointers. That's Yeah, you're right. You, just, you could have stopped that <laughs> before you said 10-pointers. Kim Jong-Pete here with his fucking his, his underlings. No, 
no, this is the only thing wrong about Josh's message is he could have stopped it uh, after just Spags is the king of soft. Oh, <laughs> I, Pete, how many children have you fathered, you son of a bitch? <laughs> have you been talking to my wife? Uh, <laughs> All right. Your, uh, get your Jets, Jets Houston. Um, okay. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, highest scoring player in the game. Is that a 10 pointer? No, that's a three. Fuck off. He's, it's, it's him and Tyrod Taylor are projected to score the most points in that game. I like that's true. I think Tyrod's projected to score a lot more. It's not. 19.5 to 16.9. You're saying 19.5? Okay. Yes. I don't. <sighs> okay. So Zach, so let's, so it's a Zach Wilson versus Tyrod Taylor then. Zach Wilson outscores Tyrod Taylor by 3.5 fantasy points. For that's a one pointer. Or, or uh, that would be a three-pointer. Five point five. No, you the ten. You're out of your a ten-pointer. Is it has less than a ten? Zach Wilson's coming of, off injury, and I don't think he's had one good game. If you want, if you want ten points on Zach Wilson versus Tarod Taylor, you need him to outscore Tarod Taylor by ten points. That's ten the, points. Yes. Yes. Ten points. Spags, I you are trying to do the nittiest ten pointers. That like Zach Wilson scoring three more points than Tyrod Taylor happens almost a third of the time. Mm. Like Eight I mean, the, the chat is just so sick of your bullshit. No ten, and there's no negotiation on this. <laughs> he has to outscore him by ten for a ten pointer. They project very similarly. One thing has to greatly. You know what? If the chat's not gonna be supportive of me, I will take the Houston Texans win by two point five points for a one pointer. Done. I will, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna fucking roll over and give Pete your belly, and he's just going, ooh, oh yeah, you guys just, yeah, everything's a ten pointer. Get out of here, get out. Yeah, they're both QBs. One's terrible. <laughs> One's terrible and coming off of a month long injury. Then fucking. you should, then you should be taking Tarod Taylor versus Zach Wilson over, <laughs> uh, over thirteen points. Oh, over, I'll take my one, my first one pointer of the year. I'll take it. I'll, I'll go back. You want to see nitpicking? Oh, 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 here, Carolina twenty two point three implied points. Miami nineteen point eight implied points. I guess I'm due to go first, and I don't, I don't even want to go first. I just want to go and play video games. You guys are making me sad, but instead, I will take. God, this is a fucking ugly game. Um, you're a father now. You can't be playing video games. <laughs> I can't play video. I thought that would be nice because I know you can bond. <laughs> you can play video games together. Um, I will take Christian McCaffrey scores double the points of Tua Tagovailoa. Um, double the points of Tua. That's like a seven. He's projected for eight more points. It's not a 10. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> doubles him up plus 2.5 for the plus. sake of moving the show along <laughs> sure <you> done? thank <laughs> you <laughs> pete what do you want with carolina and miami i will do you know what i just want a one pointer i just want a one pointer <laughs> just something nice and cheeky <laughs> miles gaskin Outscores Jalen Waddle. They're projected the exact same. I just need a one pointer under my belt. I would have Miles Gaskin projected to score more than Jalen Waddle. Okay, but... then I'll take Jalen Waddle outscores Miles Gaskin for one point. 
boom, using your own logic against you. Now okay. you said I just yeah. got it no, in bad. Like for a one-pointer, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You're like a one-pointer guy at your heart. I think that's, that's a good fit for you. We do need Willis so bad. This is off the <laughs> rails. I have a heart out that I just made up. Let's keep going. <laughs> Tampa Bay, 28 implied points. Indianapolis, 25 implied points. We both thought this would be a high-scoring game, and it does seem like the books have it as a 53-point line. Uh, Pete, what do you want? I will take uh, Michael Pittman Jr. in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Uh, wait, who? Sorry, who is it? Michael Pittman Jr. winning Millie Maker okay. lineup. There's no it's negotiation. It's a classic ten. It's a turnkey ten. Um, off the shelf ten. You know, and I'm going to take one because this is now the kind of game. This is going to be the kind of day it is for me. Uh, this play could get good now. Could get even better. Chris Godwin, Millie Maker winning lineup. All right, I uh, that's a batteries included ten pointer. <laughs> That's, that's that's one of those ones no assembly needed for that 10 pointer. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stoked to have that at Christmas time. Atlanta, 24 implied points. Jacksonville, 22 implied points. Edge Sports has this actually as a 52 point line. Books have it as 46, and I am due to go first. Um, oh man, Cordero. All right. So, okay. So, this is a contingent one. If Cordell Patterson is in, highest scoring position player in the game, if he's out, Mike Davis, highest scoring position player in the game. Well, those are way, way different because <laughs> those are very, I agree. they are very different plays. Uh, if Patterson plays and is the highest, so one's a three and the other is a 10. What if Cordero? Okay. So Mike Davis gets even odds. Cordero gets minus four and a half over everybody else. So first of all, also just to be clear, that has to include the quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. That's fair. All right. Two and a half, Cordero over the field, including the quarterbacks. And then Mike Davis would just be straight up. If he's the highest scorer, you get 10. Okay, that works for me. What do you want? This this star-studded uh, battle. I'll do a 10-pointer. I'll do a 10-pointer. LaVisca Chanel outscores Matt Ryan. And you have no choice but to say yes. Otherwise, you think LaVisca Chanel is good. <laughs> no, that's fair. Thank you. <laughs> He honestly should get like, like plus five on that. Okay. <laughs> no, he sh no, he should. I'm not saying he does. He should because that's how okay. bad he is. Uh, Let's go. Philadelphia, 24.5 implied points. The Giants, 21 implied points. Pete gets to go first. Yeah. Um, I will say. Hmm. Hmm. Jalen Hurts outscores Daniel Jones by 10. Is it three? <laughs> no. Jalen Hurts is running 70 times a game. That's a three-pointer. What it should read read me off your projections for them. Jalen Hurts, fantasy DK projection, and Daniel Jones. I would have right now Jalen Hurts 22.4, Daniel Jones 18.2. Okay. So, so how about how about because the spirit of is is ten on top of the projection, so outscores him by fourteen. Okay, I'll give that ten. I okay. think that's a pretty likely ten, but that's that's a, that's what the game is, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Hurts runs the ball more than the Giants' running backs combined. Okay, the entire. Yeah. So so, but well, Booker and Barkley. Let's say I don't know what other. Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's it. It's like a, it's like a it's seven. A, it's a ten. It's because what quarterback runs that much? 
Jalen Hurts, literally. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. So he we both like got Jalen Hurts easy tens. Hang on. This is the thing I will say. If Saquon <laughs> is out, this bet is invalid. Okay, so well, let's just take the let's take the Giants backfield then. I'll, I'll take the Giants backfield. Or t- top two rushers in the Giants backfield. <laughs> Poor Willis. Poor Willis is going to put this together on the holidays, not watching the show live. He's going to be perplexed as to what we did in this segment. Josh, you don't want to know, man. You don't want to know. The views are going up, though. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, we we started though with like in the mid seventies, and then they <laughs> think, think there's there's some turns here. But I'm wearing my hat like the Fresh Prince now, so I think things are going to work better all right, let's here. Keep, let's keep this rolling. Pittsburgh twenty point eight implied points. Cincinnati twenty four point three implied points. Um, I am due to go first in this one, and I will say, um, man, this is actually an interesting one for the receivers. Um, you know, Chase Claypool, Millie Maker winning lineup. Yeah, I was going to do a Claypool one. You ran, ran like 65 routes last week. Everyone hates T. Higgins now, right? Mm-hmm. They do. Um, how many, how many points does T. Higgins need to outscore Jamar Chase for 10? Um, looks like the Osmo projections have it 17.3 Chase, 14.24 Higgins. So get based on the previous corollary, it'd be 13. But now, see, I want more of a discount because everyone, no one's going to play Chase this week. Everyone hates Chase or uh, Higgins. Sorry. Everyone hates Higgins. Boyd's the better discount if you wanted to go that way, but he'd soft out score by. No, I wanted to see if I could get a sentiment discount on Higgins, but it sounds like you still love. No, I, I think Higgins is fine. Yeah. He's running a lot of routes. He's going to be okay at some point. Um, How about this? The, the top four highest scoring players in this game including quarterbacks, is Cincinnati. So that means Deontay Harris and Najee Harris, or sorry, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris aren't in the top four overall. Or Big Ben. Um, so uh, you said Deontay Harris, Deontay Johnson, and yeah, Clay. I mean, I said Claypool's going to be the Millie Maker, so I think, that, I think that's a fair ton. Okay, so if the top four scores are Cincinnati, I get 10. I hate it. I hate that you're back to it, and I hate that I took it, but that's the name of the game right now. Chargers, 25.3 implied points. Denver, 22.8 implied points, and you are due to go first in this one. Uh, Javante Williams outscores Melvin Gordon by 10 points for a 10-pointer. Their projection looks very similar to me. Well, then I guess I will take Melvin Gordon outscores Javante Williams by 10 points. <laughs> we know we got to do it. Yeah, Cooter Doodle told us we got to go this area. Shake. You, you got to reach through. Well, they still need to be able to see it. Re- lean, your, lean your head over by here. <laughs> oh, that was good. good thing I moved away with my cat like reflex. <laughs> All right, next. Minnesota, 23 <laughs> implied points. San Francisco, 26 implied points. Uh, this one line is 49 of the books. Edge Sports has it as 48, so no advantage there. And um, I go first, and I will say, everybody hated Adam Thielen. What if Adam Thielen were the top-scoring position player in this game? Is that a 10-pointer? Adam Thielen, so he needs to outscore Dalvin, outscore a lot Justin of dudes, Jefferson, yeah. Kittle. Um, yeah, against the field, I'll, I'll, I think that's a 10. All right, what do you want? Um, what did you say the line is on this game? Uh, it's a three-point line favoring San Francisco. I'll take uh, Minnesota money line for a three pointer. 
Okay. Wait, what? Hold on. Iceman's saying you both can't use your right hand for the shake. That's literally how handshakes work. <laughs> That's like, the, the chat has been so gaslit by our shenanigans that they don't know how handshakes work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you got to give handshakes like this. You gotta... <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, LA Rams, 24 implied points. Green Bay Packers, 23 implied points. 47-point line in the books. Edge Sports has a 51-point line. Also, some nice first-half overs that I know I took earlier in the week, I think, on Fox Bet. Uh, Pete, yeah, I'm also betting on Fox Bet. <laughs> Pete, what do you want in this game? Fox Bet. Um, you got to have all your books. You got to shop around. Wow. I want to do something with Cooper Cup and his outrageous salary, and I don't know how to do it let's see here all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do something absolutely crazy for a 10 pointer mm -hmm. odell beckham outscores cooper cup i think that's very viable but i yeah he yeah i think that's a 10 pointer i hate it though i hate it thank you um you know what fuck you van jefferson outscores cooper cup <laughs> fine 10 pointer. All right, fine. I'm uh, just stealing all my good ideas with slightly lesser versions of it. I know. I'm just love leveraging. That's what, that's what I'm, I don't know what a 10 pointer is now, honestly, after what, what today's been. So I'm just trying to ride with the tide. Uh, Cleveland, 21.8 implied points. Baltimore, 25.3 implied points. This is also the Sunday night. What, did we really? Yeah, I guess it's a fairly short slate here. Um, what do you want in the Sunday nighter? You could pick a showdown captain for an easy 10. One thing I've learned. Uh, people love Odell. I, I don't even mm. like Odell. I, I would now I wish I would have done the Van Jefferson one. Uh, he's so washed, anyways. Uh, this is the Sunday night game, you said. Yep, so we're are we doing a yeah, showdown captain? captain. Yeah, showdown captain. Um, I mean, unless you want to do something else, you can. Who, sorry, and who's Baltimore playing? Uh, Cleveland 21.8 for Cleveland, 25.3 implied for Baltimore. All right, Marquise Brown winning captain. Okay, that's a solid one. Um, yeah, I guess we're just doing spite picks. Mark Andrews, <laughs> showdown winning captain for Sunday Night Football. I feel the spite just. <laughs> I'm just emanating. really thrown by the first disagreement. Like I, did, I don't know. I didn't get which one. Seen eye to eye. Which one? I Honestly, I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> one of yours was ridiculous, Spags. One of yours was absolutely. Oh, like it, was Zach, it was the Zach Wilson one. Yeah, I feel like I got worse. I feel like people are like under I, overestimating Zach Wilson. Like I don't know. If you go through Zach Wilson's game logs, he he hasn't had one good game. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even remember the bet now. Honestly. No, I know. I, no, and honestly, nor do I. <laughs> That's really the issue. But Willis will have to figure it out. Pete, what is going to be your schedule this weekend? It's a fine holiday weekend, yet, yet you take no days off. You're clocking in, punching that clock time and time again. Uh, I did take – I normally do my GPP show on uh, Friday at noon. I didn't get a guess. I might try to pull one together for tomorrow afternoon. Otherwise – I will be back on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. to review the slate. Uh, I am getting pretty excited about this GPP slate. Right now, things look pretty spread out. Um, I think there's going to be lots of ways to build good contrarian teams without like sacrificing a ton. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun GPP slate. But yeah, I'll be back uh, Sunday at 10.30 most likely. There you go. So if you are watching on Pete's channel, make sure you are subscribed. Of course, hit that like button. Also, go subscribe to the Splash Play channel and hit the like button on there, too. Make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod. Also, Zach Wilson has not gotten over 20 fantasy points this year. And fucking Tyrod Taylor's median projections, 22. But I, that's probably... <laughs> I, I, I said outscore him by 10 points, right? I mean, that's... I know. 
okay, that's literally what we've done for all these 10 pointers is outscore the other person by 10 points of their projection. Yeah, so I don't know. I just it just feels it just feels perplexing. Zach Wilson's been bad. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Spags, follow at Splash Play Pod, and make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe because the data does not stop. Even on a holiday weekend, DVOA is still there for you to make your lineup, especially for shoutouts. It's gonna be very important to find those defense versus receivers metrics. So please go do that. Footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Anything else for you, Pete? Just want to call it quits. I am going to go eat Thanksgiving leftovers. All right. So Pete's going to go eat Thanksgiving leftovers. And we'll, oh my God, I didn't realize this was an hour and a half show. Jesus Christ. All right, <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you again soon. See you next time. <laughs>